What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hi, my name is Agile, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon, and I believe you should too. Just go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to episode 77 of the Gen X Grown Up mm-hmm. podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Mo is here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, we will check out a variety of themed puzzles and toys from 1983, play the latest entry of the mind-bending game series where time only moves when you do, and Netflix offers up a mafia-focused documentary series that we can't refuse. Something else we can't refuse is email from our fourth listeners. Another segue. What do you think? Like wow, you're really, you're right, George. He's working hard at these segues, isn't he? Yeah, it's, it's the one thing I can do. He's typing them out six weeks in advance and spell-checking and grammar-checking. Somebody watched this show. I have a segue for it. <laughs> but yes, we love it when our fourth listeners write in. And the uh, fourth listener that wrote in this episode, you guys remember some, I don't know, months ago, we got an email from The Historian. You remember him? Oh, I think so. Yeah, Vaguely. Yeah, kind of. Well, he always <laughs> drops some knowledge on us. So absolutely, The Historian wrote in again with the subject line, and that's not all, dot, dot, dot. Uh Uh-oh, that sounds kind of ominous. He says, great show, guys. Just one nugget of trivia for you. Ron Popeil's half-sister, Lisa, actually sings background vocals on the Weird Al song, Mr. Popeil, that we talked about in in the (laughs) Wow. (laughs) on TV episode. That was some serious trivia. Thank you. Yeah, it is. That's a deep cut right there. I thought I knew Weird Al trivia pretty darn well, and I had no idea about that. No, me either. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, he signs off AFL. AFL. Another fourth listener. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Historian. That's great. Very cool. Thank you. We love it every time the fourth listener writes in. Thank you, Historian, for writing. And if you want your email featured here on the show, just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one and most make the show. Now, before we get into the body of this show, you'll notice that lately I have not been reading any new iTunes reviews. Yeah, that's true. Conspicuous by its absence. Well, we haven't been getting any more for a while. We've got, I don't know, 70 or 80, 100 reviews up there. Uh, If you listen, though, it really helps if you will take a moment to hop over into iTunes or wherever you listen that allows you to review and just say what you think about the show. I mean, say it's great, say it's terrible, say George is right all the time. We'll get that one deleted. <laughs> Damn right. No, what do you mean get it deleted? <laughs> like that'll happen. You're funny. Nah, I know that's not true. Mate, both of y'all kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so we just wanted to put out a fresh plea. If you have been listening a while and we haven't mentioned it in a while, we'd appreciate if you would head over to iTunes and drop us a review. It really helps people find the show and it means so much to us. All right, with that good business behind us, let's head into the body of the show right after this. A lot of long-distance companies would like you to think they're just like AT&T, but take a closer look and see how different they really are. No operator service, no immediate credit for wrong numbers, and no service from many small towns. Only one long-distance company gives you full service. Only AT&T. 
Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Well, let's get started with the media segment. Could be anything we're checking out in the world of media, you know, books or comics or TV shows or movies or whatever it is. And why don't we get started with you, George? What have you been checking out? Well, uh, first of all, before we get into the particular series that I've been watching, I want to just briefly mention that in the middle of this COVID pandemic that we're all going through and mm-hmm. we're trying to find our way in this new world right now, believe it or not, sports is actually slightly making a comeback recently. Mm-hmm. Soccer, both in Europe as well as the United States, has been coming back and I found it very interesting that they are playing in what they're calling these sports bubbles so they're taking all the teams that are going to play in a league Mm -hmm. and they're sticking them in one city and they have to be tested and tested and tested Mm -hmm. for weeks at a time and then they're allowing them to start playing but oddly enough, there's no fans in any of the stadiums or stands. <laughs> yeah, right? of course. I've seen some yeah. of what they do in Europe, like in uh, Asia. They've done some pretty creative things with that, though. But yeah. yeah, they have. And one of the cool creative things that they've been doing is they've been piping in crowd noise into these stadiums while the soccer players are playing <laughs> and while you're listening or watching at home. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a laugh track from an 80s sitcom. <laughs> wow. And they're amping it up whenever somebody does something good and... If the home team scores a goal, it's a big roar. And if it's the other team, it's like some booze or quietness or something. It's really interesting (laughs) how they're using these computer models and all these different algorithms to lend that air of authenticity to these sporting matches. Is it actually a crowd from somewhere watching the event or just like some canned crowd noise? It's all canned, right? It's all canned noise. Yeah. I mean, there are people that are watching it and they're even encouraging people to go on things like Twitter and Facebook and share their home camera live streams with mm-hmm. the game audience. And then they project it up on these giant billboards. So if you're a fan of, you know, whatever right, soccer right, team, right. Manchester United, you can go to this thing, pop in your link, and they might pick your webcam to be displayed on the giant board that's in the stadium where the soccer players are actually playing. And then it shows up on the broadcast because the cameras are panning around. Necessity is the mother of invention, I guess. Yeah. You can't be there. It, it sounds so empty if you just, you know, go cricket, 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 cricket. Right. <laughs> and I've watched a few of those games that they turned off the, the canned noise. It's and they're awful. Yeah. It's really yeah. bad to watch. I thought it was bad enough to watch a sporting event without announcers. You know, the NFL tried that yeah. like 40 years ago. Oh, I remember. It, yeah. Yeah. It was, oh, it was terrible. But it's even worse without crowd noise. It's We're amazing. just so conditioned to that. That's part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, like uh, at the PGA Tour, they, you know, they don't have anybody there at their events either. And it was funny because I saw somebody at the very first event made a hole in one and he didn't know <laughs> just crickets <laughs> he just didn't know what happened because he yeah. wasn't standing there he nobody the cheered it's like oh yeah. good shot it's a good He's point walking, he had no idea he had a hole in one and there's not <laughs> like 50 guys lining the course that holding up you know the quiet please signs or anything yeah we don't need them anymore they don't need it <laughs> quiet is taken care of no worry <laughs> well a 
enough about sports. I just thought that was an interesting fact yeah, that people no, might sure. like to pay attention to, especially with Major League Baseball starting up this past week. You know, mm-hmm. it's always neat to see these things coming back. But I have actually been watching a series on Netflix. It was a limited three episode series called Fear City. Aha. Hmm. I saw this pop up in the feed. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Okay. Well, and that's how I found it. It popped up on that oh, giant yeah, banner yeah, at yeah. the beginning, you know, when you go to your homepage <laughs> that you can never disable nope. and you can't decide what's on it. It's just Netflix says, screw you. You're going to watch this eventually because I'm not letting go until you do. Yeah. Yep. And you hate it when they're right also. I know. <laughs> that's that's the worst me part. Off. <laughs> this series takes place in the main heyday of the modern mafia, the 70s and the 80s. Okay. So it's all about the mafia and how they were taken down by the New York law enforcement agencies. Hmm. And it's really interesting because they're talking about how they had to get, you know, wiretaps and how they actually had to get the bugs into the places. I thought that part was really cool. Hmm. There's some stuff even in the 80s segment, the third episode with Rudy Giuliani, and he's not looking completely crazy like he is <laughs> oftentimes in the media right, right now. Right. It's the pre 9-11 Rudy Giuliani. Right. right? <laughs> I loved seeing all the different, you know, real videos that the FBI agents made, Hmm. you know, like surveillance stuff and the pictures. Mm -hmm. And they talked about, oh, this was the only time that the council met together and we actually got them coming out of the house. And it's the actual photos that they took. It's stuff that we all kind of know. If you watched news during the 70s or 80s, I'm sure you picked Mm -hmm. up on a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Mo, you being from New York, I was just curious, is that something that was really big on your radar at that time? Oh, that was, yeah, that's huge. That was a, always a big news lead story when I did that because when it was just ongoing, you know, see like every mm-hmm. other day there was like some other mafia person was arrested or yeah, it was definitely a big deal back then. Yeah. And I think the main focal point of this series was building up to when they brought in the main heads of the five crime families. They, one of them had died himself already. Another one was murdered and then there were three left and they indicted all of them plus a whole bunch of their lieutenants and capos and all that stuff. They indicted like 35 mafia leaders at one time. Wow. And then they got convictions on all of them. And yeah, it was just okay. like, wow. this crazy thing. And it's like, that's what set up some of the future ones that John, you and I might recognize as well. Like John Gotti, he got right. him set up yeah, yeah, yeah. because all the leadership had been taken out and he was one of the few left. So now he's still there. Okay. Yeah. So you've watched all of this now. So I had a mm-hmm. couple of questions that I didn't immediately watch it, that I was waiting for somebody else who was the guinea pig that had seen it. So, <laughs> right. so my curiosity first is sometimes these true crime documentary things, they're just riding a wave and they'll just crank out anything. What's the quality of it like? Like the quality of the mm. documentary? Is it like fun to watch, intriguing to watch the storytelling? How is that? I, yeah, it's absolutely fun to watch. It's well put together. Oh, okay. uh, nothing takes too long to develop or develops too quickly. You know, it hits that Goldilocks spot, I think. Ah, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And the second question is, the assertion in this is that they brought down the mafia. Are, are they saying that the mafia is gone? Because... Is it ever really gone? Is it? Well, they do lead you toward that conclusion. And of course, being people of intelligence, we tend to think for ourselves a little bit. (laughs) I don't think the mafia is completely gone. No. But I would argue that it's probably had its power reduced significantly by the activities of the people in this documentary. Because I figure somewhere in Hell's Kitchen, there's a mafia boss watching this documentary and going, (laughs) they think we're gone. You know? (laughs) Just like we planned. He knows better. Right. (laughs) Excellent. They think we're not here. That's (laughs) all. 
I know so. it's kind of got to been watered down a little bit, at least their power and influence. I mean, because they've had mafia boss wives TV shows now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so no, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh I don't God. think they're the same mafia that they were. I'm not saying that they're not around and they're not doing, you know, mafia style things, loan gotcha. sharking and drugs. It's, it's mafia light now. It's not the, yeah. it's not the, <laughs> the full exactly. sugar mafia any longer. All right. <laughs> that was that. I did not say that just in case any. You know, <laughs> right. It was uh, John that said that, not Mo. Mafia people out there listening. <laughs> don't, don't whack Mo. He's not the one that did it. <laughs> well, that's what I've been watching. It's a really cool documentary. But Mo, I think you've been watching a documentary as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's called Jodorowsky's Dune. I saw that because, you know, the new Dune movies come out later this year. And we I hope. ran across this one. I, <laughs> right. I've heard about this one. This is about actually a failed attempt to make a movie from like one of my favorite novels of all time. Okay, let me tell you what this movie had going for it. Okay, imagine a movie starring Orson Welles, mm-hmm. David Carradine, Mick Jagger, okay. Salvador Dali. <laughs> no. Yes. Music by Pink Floyd. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm back on board. Set designs by Giger, who did like all the alien. Right, right. H.R. Giger. Right. H.R. Alien stuff. Yep. And who did the, all the storyboards was an artist named Mobius, who if you're into yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. heavy metal, all that kind of right. art. Yeah. This is what they had going for it. So where can I watch this movie? It never got made. God damn it. Wait till you find out what they had going against it. Yeah. And that was Jodorowsky himself. Yeah, the guy was like out there, man. He's like one of these art film guys. You know, he makes very art, arty, very bizarre kind of stuff that I guess if you're really into theater, you appreciate, but every normal person be like, what the hell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there was a couple other problems. Like one is that he refused to compromise on the movie length. Yeah, he did. Because back then they wanted movies to be like two hours or so. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, no, no. This movie has to be at least 10 hours long. 10 hours long? Yeah. <laughs> There's a comment by somebody who saw the script that said the script was the size of a phone book. The interesting thing is just how much work was actually put into this movie that was never made. Like the pre-production, the pre-production. stuff, really. He okay. has a book that I wish I could find a copy of this thing where Mobius did panels of every single shot of the movie. Right. And it was 300-something pages long. So it was another phone book. All right. Yeah, <laughs> with artwork from Giger. I, I bet you it looked just, it would be a really cool thing to go through and, and So read. what was this movie going to be? Was it a sequel to the Dune that we know, or no, was no, it this before? before this is back in seventy. So it was before the Dune we know got made. Yeah. Right. He was going to make Dune first, right? And he got the ah. he, basically he got the rights to do it for cheap because at the time no one was really looking to do a movie of this kind of book because they thought it was too mm-hmm. cerebral, too long. No one really wanted to touch it, but he wanted to do it because he wanted to do something as good as like two thousand one, which came out like five years before and all that stuff. And this guy listening to him talk, you can see that he he's definitely out there, the Jodorowsky. But looking at just what he was trying to put together, talk about it. I mean, mm. he had a vision and he was going to do it. And then basically everyone's like, eh, all the major studios are like, eh. <laughs> you know, you're kind of out there. He had gotten a lot of financial backing. He got like oh, yeah. 10 million of the 15 million he wanted to make the film. And this is back in 74. So yeah. you think about upping that number to whatever today's dollar value is well, that, worth. That's only 1.5 million per hour. That's a real right. deal. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing was that like Salvador Dali, of all people, right? Mm. You don't think him as like leading guy. Yeah. Was it going to be an actor in it? Yes. He was going to play a role. He was going to be the, the emperor himself. <laughs> yes, the actual emperor. And the funny thing was that Dolly, who's another out there character, right? Yeah. Yep. He said that he would do it, but he had to be the highest paid actor in history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he wanted $100,000 an hour. Per hour. Jeez. <laughs> and so Jodorowsky said, sure. And then cut him down to only a few minutes of dialogue. <laughs> 
and then they had a robot who's going to say robot it. do the rest of the yeah, scenes for that character. Yes. So anyway, it was just an interesting documentary. And then you look at all these, like, they also, like, look at modern film critics, all this stuff, who, who read through the script and all that stuff. And they're like... You know, they said this is probably the greatest movie that was never made. And this is a documentary that's been out there for a little while, right? It oh, came yeah. Out documentary came out ago. in 2013, I think. Somewhere okay. around there. Yeah. But it's kind of come to the top of your watch list because of the promise of the new Dune on the horizon. Right. Exactly. I mean, again, also, he didn't really go with the script at all. He, he kind of went way off script as far as the book. But it was very interesting to see a person with a passion project okay. that was yeah. just like, it wasn't like he had casting calls. He said, I want this person for this role because he had mm-hmm. in his head who he wanted. And he went after this person. He saw David Carradine in Kung Fu, and he's like, that's who I want for this role. So he was yeah. kind of like the auteur of filmmakers. Right. He just had, the, he thought this grand vision was it. All right. It was it. And yeah, he was huh. not compromising either. So, but it was, well, it was a very interesting documentary. Well, we didn't compromise. We didn't make the movie. So he made no <laughs> yeah, compromises. Exactly. Yeah, I guess, that's, I guess that's one thing. Um, <laughs> All right. And he's still around too. So he actually did a lot of the commentary, which was interesting. Ah, okay. But yeah, so it was, I think it was definitely a good watch. It was very, very interesting to see, especially this is done in the 70s, which also blows my mind. And it's called uh, Jodorowsky's Dune. Did yep, I say that that's right? That's what it's called. Jodorowsky, yeah, you said it like perfectly. That. So, <laughs> so, John, you have a pretty bold thing here. I have something that I found, yeah. and I'm going to absolutely make a bold statement here at the outset. So I found a film, okay. Mo and George, after we talk about this film and you go watch it, if you don't like it, I will pay you each $5. I hated it. George, how about you? No, 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 no. Well, Once you see it, you will not be able to lie. You're going to love it so much. See, if you want to tempt us with that kind of a bet, though, the dollar value needs to be a little bit higher. Like $5? Okay, I'll tell you the truth. Fine, whatever. <laughs> but if you put like a $100 bill on that statement, then I might be tempted to lie. So it would be a truer test of whether or not I really like that film. No, the lower dollar amount makes you truthful. The higher one, you're just going to take <laughs> no, the money. That's why I did it that way. You have to believe in the film so much that... That it'll override my sense of greed in but order I to tell the truth. But I also believe in your sense of greed more than I believe in my film criticism. <laughs> George, he does have a point there. So it, it's $5. Anyway, so the film that I found, we've been taking a lot of stuff from the horror-only streaming service called Shudder. Yeah, they have some really cool stuff, actually. Yeah, yeah, they had the, what was that, series about the cursed films, and they mm-hmm. had the, the new, uh, was like Tales from the Crypt was out there. Yeah, yep, so yep. I, yeah, so I found this film on Shudder called Scare Package. The cover of it is what initially grabbed my attention, which you remember the old, you're walking through the VHS uh, racks in Blockbuster mm-hmm. or Movie Gallery, and there's that film house that's like a oh, uh, like yeah. a skeletal hand ringing mm-hmm. a doorbell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cover of Scare Package is kind of like that hand holding a VHS cover. And on the cover is the cover. It's like that tunnel oh, so, of mirrors. Oh, right. Oh. right. The VHS he's holding is the film. Is the, anyway, the point is, it was reminiscent of the very, very kind of 70s and 80s horror cover on it. And I'm like, I want to check it out. And I looked a little bit into it. This came out in 2019. It's a comedy horror film. Okay. That's actually tough to pull off. Oh, I can't wait to watch this again. I want to watch this with you guys. It's just so good. <laughs> the thing is that they tell a large story, but it's kind of an anthology. So it's these seven little stories. that seamlessly go together and they start weaving their way together. The magic of it is it's seven different production crews and directors and editors and film scores. It's all these, this group of horror film enthusiasts got together and this is a quality production. And in every single trope in horror film 
anything is absolutely in there. Little nods to things. Like at one point, a guy puts up his top on his convertible and it's striped that muddy green and red, like it's Freddy's coat, you know, it's like this this foreshadowing. He has a bobblehead on his car that very much looks like Pennywise the Clown, but not just (laughs) callbacks. It's all the tropes. The first scene is you're seeing a guy and his job, he hates that he's in horror films, but his job, he knows he's in horror films, like a fourth wall breaking thing. His job is to cause the chaos. What? So he walks in the beginning of the scene and there's a sign in the middle of the road that says this, like an arrow pointing this way to abandoned mental asylum. (laughs) And and he turns the arrow the wrong way because he reads a note in his pocket, tells him to do it. He walks off and people pull up and go, oh, the campsite's supposed to be this way. No, it's the mental asylum. Go that way. And of course they drive to the mental asylum. (laughs) This guy is upset because he never gets to be in the movie. He just does that. Like he knows he's in movies. Got it. And then the tropes of like you kill the guy and he gets back up again, right? You know how there's always, you cannot kill the, the monster, the the, the, right. you know, the Freddy Krueger. The, yeah. There's a whole scene and they literally have the bad guy strapped to a chair and they're trying to find ways to kill him and it's not working. They're just trying <laughs> and trying and trying. And the way the stories weave together, they're, at one point they're locked in a room together and he's looking around and he's like, okay, so you're the jock, you're the virgin, you're the <laughs> slut. Hey, you're the you're this guy. <laughs> that must make you last girl. You're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, only this one guy knows he's in the film. The other people are just living the film. It, at every point, it, I chuckled over and over and over. There's hilarious stuff. And it feels like a 70s, 80s film. Nobody's got a damn cell phone. Everybody makes stupid decisions. Anything you ever liked about it. I know Mo, you and George, even more to a degree, you love that era of you know Halloween oh, yeah. and Friday the 13th. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I thought about you guys the whole way through watching this. Like, I cannot wait to tell you about this. And that got me to my proposal that you have have to watch it and I dare you I dare you to tell me you didn't like it well here's uh. an interesting little twist on that then you know Plex and all these other streaming services Netflix has it or Amazon a lot of them have this new mm-hmm. thing about watch together because they recognize the COVID-19 issue and so they're like well we can't actually sit down on mm-hmm. a couch and watch Netflix together but I know, they're yeah. putting that watch together part of their app so you can do it remotely what if yes. we watch this together via one of those things 100% yes and then you could really get a straightforward answer out of us as to whether or not we liked it or not because we couldn't lie to you. 100%. What we could do is put a still of our faces not having any expression. That's all he would see. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so on the conference call, I think you're not enjoying it. You mute your laughter. Yeah, that'd yeah, be cheap. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would love to watch this together with you guys. You're going to love it. If people that listen to our show, I think they're going to love it, the kind of stuff that we dig. And the good news is if you don't have Shudder, if you're on Amazon, you can get a seven-day free trial of Shudder through Amazon just to get started. You can check out a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, including this scare package that, man, th- this is a justification for the existence of that network. Work. If this kind of stuff is going to come out of Shutter, then absolutely. What a great thing to exist. Wow. The gauntlet has been thrown down. So go earn your $5. Or not. Well, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> they auctioned off my pine. Your daddy bought it. That's when I first met him. Mm, I love that story, Mama. And I love your cooking, honey. Well, Crisco's what makes it taste so special. Mmm, that pie looks real tempting. Where do you try it? The filling is rich and chocolatey, but nothing makes my crust flakier than Crisco. Mmm, that just melts in my mouth. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions 
you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And now we're into tech and toys. And I'm going to save myself for last this time because I actually have something. Because like to you talk have about. something? Because yeah. I have something. Yes, yes. Normally yes. you're last because you have nothing to do. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I resemble that remark. Call <laughs> me a liar. <laughs> All right, so let's kick it off with you, George. What do you got for us this week? Well, you know, in the previous segment, I was talking a little bit about watching stuff together on Plex, and I wanted to bring Mm -hmm. up a couple of new little news tidbits about the Plex service. So we all have talked a little bit here and there on the air and off the air about Plex Amp. That is Mm -hmm. the audio media Mm -hmm. processor thing that you can use on your phone, and you can listen to all the music that's on your Plex server, and it has radio stations configured on it, kind of like you know Spotify or any of those things, but it's of your or actual mp3s or whatever you have for your yeah. mm-hmm. audio it's great yep. well finally the one thing that we were asking for when we were talking about it back then plex amp is now a part of android auto hallelujah yes <laughs> right <it's> so good <laughs> oh, yes that's it's great. great yeah whatever All right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry ipod boy or whatever the hell you're using <laughs> no but we've been waiting for it to happen for a while yeah, it's yeah. really nice the interface is still i think in like the bare bones kind of stage like it's their that, first iteration but it fair. works which is yeah, all does. i really care about yeah. yeah i mean i really like plex amp i use it all the time and it's just such a good job of listening to your music and the way it kind of fades your music together even like it does the fade in fade out these intelligent crossfades yeah i was gonna mention that yeah ever since i first discovered it you know i was you know explaining to my wife i'm like you know you listen to music from our plex server you could use this plex amp thing and of course she challenges me how is it different from just using the plex server and you know i'm like uh well quite a bit because it does it takes music and it doesn't just play them back to back it looks at the levels and it does these crossfades that are intelligent and it makes it sound like somebody put together a mixtape for you is what it sounds like yeah absolutely and the nice thing is you can also control all of those settings, which that's, I think, unique to Plex. Mm -hmm. You can change how those crossfades happen if you want. You can make them longer, shorter, non-existent. Mm -hmm. You can change the different ways that it presents music to you. I really think that they have done a great job of making the interface usable and user-friendly and user-configurable all at the same time. I, I would agree with you. As soon as you mentioned to me- That's the, pretty rare. I don't know, last week sometime, you said, hey, you know this is an Android Auto? Cut off the phone with you. I took my keys out to the car to try it right away. Because I'm like, yes, awesome. And it, yeah, it's serviceable. I think they have room to grow, like you said, mm-hmm. but I'm so happy that they're continuing to develop it. And such. A, it might work in CarPlay. Who knows, uh, Mo? Do you use Apple? CarPlay and in, in your vehicle, or is that something? Actually, no, I don't. My truck's too old for that. Oh, okay. But I do yeah. listen, use Plex app in my truck. Yeah. Do Bluetooth. So it already so works okay. Right. It's just not on the screen like your thing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The very, other thing I like cool. about Plex app is it'll even do like playlists based on criteria of your library. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So smart. Yeah. 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 I can say 70s and they'll find 70s. Decades songs. radio. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, your stuff. Yeah. It's yep. pretty cool. <laughs> now, you said you had a couple things about Plex. What else? I did. So oddly enough, just last week, this was mm. announced through some emails and John, I know I called you on it pretty Mm -hmm. quickly to let you know what was going on. Plex now actually has live TV streamed through the app, even without having a digital antenna. You don't have to have an antenna plugged up. You just get live streaming. Now, the channels are completely (laughs) unique. It's not the TV you think it is. They're not what you think of. No. Right. Yeah. It's not, well, can I watch NBC? No, 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 no. (laughs) 
but that's the thing that I like about this. It's channels that are curated toward a specific subject matter, as opposed to channels that are like John said, NBC, ABC, that have a variety of entertainment on them. And I think they've done this because that's kind of the way digital streaming has gone. Mm -hmm. John, you talk about shutter. That's all about horror, right? Yeah. You talk about all these other services out there. Disney plus that's only Disney stuff. So I think it's, they're kind of moving in that direction. I would not be surprised if in 20 years when I'm so old that I'm like, you young kids today and you're whatever. That's today. You do that now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I wouldn't be surprised if at that point, things like NBC have gone away because people want to go to a channel that they know what it's about and watch stuff that that channel is focused on. Have you guys used it yet? I haven't used it yet. I have. Yeah, yeah. I tried yes. it. Is it commercial? Like, do they actually show commercials? How does it? So they do, but they show Plex commercials. So the commercials are all geared toward Plex itself uh-huh. that I've seen so far. And there's not a lot of them. It's just one here and there. My guess is that as people start to use the service more. They'll sell that spots. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they'll probably have more of the ad spots as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure there will. Yeah, yeah. It will, especially if it takes off. The other interesting thing I found is you can't pause this TV. It's live TV. Right. There's no time shifting. You can't record it for later and you cannot pause it if you want to get up and, you know, go get a drink or something. It's like old school Gen X TV that you're watching through (laughs) Yeah, But with the new school feel of, you know, with the more curated, like you said, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of channels too. There are, there's at least like 80 channels or 50 Mm -hmm. to 80 channels, something like that. And there's even a section of them down at the very end that we'll all appreciate. It's all music channels. There's like videos in? No, no, no videos. Just the music channels. Like remember when you first got cable and they said you got 500 channels and 430 of them were, <laughs> were audio just channels. Audio. Yeah. They were all right. easy listening. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's the only one who listened to music over their TV. Exactly. Because that was cool. I found myself channel flipping. Like when's mm-hmm. the last time you did channel flipping? And I was right. doing that. Yeah, because I can't pause it and it's just going to be what it is. And I'm just like, well, let's see what's next. Let's see what is next. And I haven't channel flipped in two decades. And now I did with this new Plex thing. So. Now there is an indication that they're going to add a DVR service into oh, this okay. because they the talk best. in the yeah. email about combining it with the one that works with your digital antenna tuner thing so right, that because right. that one you yeah. can record and pause on they're talking mm-hmm. about integrating it with the plex dvr service so i think that that's coming if it's not already here by the time you guys hear this podcast but yeah I, it's a very unique service yeah because i was saying without that dvr thing like i mean yeah it's it's like hey like old school tv yeah. watching well is the reason but, why that but changed. do people want that is the question yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so but it's yeah. interesting that plex is growing from an application to watch your media to being a platform itself. And I yeah. think that's keeping relevant, which means maybe yeah. we back the right horse. And I love their tagline too. It's no fees, no law enforcement. It's all free check or something <laughs> like that. So it's like, yeah. you're not stealing anything. We're giving it to you. you know? Right. You get it for five bucks a month or whatever my Plex monthly fee is, something like yeah. that. I mean, I wish they had a lifetime one now. Yeah, you're not kidding. I would already do it, I think. Well, I did the lifetime Plex pass. Do they not do that anymore? Uh, do they have it again still? Or I don't oh, know. I haven't oh, looked. Maybe they stopped. I did it years actually, ago. I got the lifetime too back when yeah. they offered I'm still, it. I'm still grandfathered in the lifetime, so I don't know if it's well, still around, but we it's need a to great go deal. check. <laughs> <laughs> yep, apparently so. <laughs> well, that's what I've been playing around with tech and toys. John, what about you? Okay, I want to tell you about something cool that I found, but even more importantly, I need to solicit you 
you guys for advice. Maybe the fourth listeners too. Okay. So anytime John uses the word solicit, it makes me nervous. <laughs> now listen, my record was expunged. Okay. <laughs> so I was at a I was at a nerd store here in, in, in town locally. They have a lot of, yeah, more Star Wars action figures, more pop vinyls, more, but I'm really looking for old stuff, like our 70s, 80s era stuff. Uh, and I did find something really novel that I'd never seen before. They had a, a three Dungeons and Dragons jigsaw puzzles from 1983 in the box. What were they pictures of? So these were picture the front of any given Dungeons and Dragons module, right? Oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah, the, of course. The beautiful like oh, oil right. work. Uh, and all three of these puzzles were by Larry Elmore. Oh, okay. And so this is, um, Mo, you probably know every fantasy oh, book you have ever read yeah, probably had, yeah. had had this Larry Elmore art he on was it. The, he did covers for like everything. It's basically, if you have a barbarian and there's a scantily clad woman holding a sword an and a dragon, right? All of that. <laughs> and these are all beautiful pieces. They wanted like 35 bucks a piece for these puzzles. Ooh. They were opened, but allegedly complete. Okay. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a lot of money for that. Yeah, but. It seems expensive. You haven't seen them. They're beautiful. <laughs> well, and a lot of money is relative, Mo. Remember, John makes $7 million a month. Oh, my God. So, oh, my God. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's you're not right. really yes. a big deal for him. Uh, you're right. Thank you. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> not true, by the way. If anyone thinks George is actually factual. No. But anyway, so I got these jigsaw puzzles. I actually put all three of them together. They are complete. That's neat. That could be the end of the story. But here's my conundrum. What do I do with these puzzles? So if it were any other puzzle, if I just went up to Walmart today and I bought a cool puzzle of dog peeing on a tree, whatever they, they sell you, <laughs> you, you do the puzzle, you know, it's they're a dime a dozen. And today what I do is I take the puzzle coat, like Elmer's glue stuff, I paint yeah. on it. So now it's solid. I hang it on the wall. Right. Okay. But here's the thing. I want to enjoy these puzzles, but they're vintage. They're 1983. They're complete. How do I enjoy them without destroying them? Is preserving them under glue, which is permanent, is that destroying it? Uh, what mm. if I keep it in the box? Can mm. anybody enjoy it? And then it's just a box. It's just a picture. It's not a jigsaw puzzle. And so this is a conundrum that I face sometimes, but it's unique with this puzzle. I can't just put it on the shelf. I either have to damage it to display it, or I have to not display it and hide it away, and I can't even see it and enjoy it. Um, what do I how, do? How big are the puzzles? They're probably like 11 by 17 or so when they're completed. They're so, only 200 piece puzzles. They're not huge. I saw a thing at Target that may help you here. Mm, okay. <laughs> it was a picture frame that mm -hmm. was actually two pieces of glass. So oh. no, it was so it looks like it's one of these frameless things. It's like you sandwich something between. So you it. sandwich a thing in between, and maybe oh, that'd be okay. enough to hold the puzzle together. Oh. And there are specialized frames for puzzles that you don't have to use the puzzle glue with as well. Are there? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't know. They're that. Out okay. There. And if, okay. And if you can't find one that fits, because the whole point of those frames is that they lock the sides really tightly, so they're measured out for specific puzzle sizes. Okay. If you can't find one that fits the dimensions of these. You could always build something out of some basa wood that you would get uh -huh. from a Hobby Lobby type place. And a couple of sheets of glass or something. Yeah, a couple of sheets of glass. Hmm. I would go that route because if you're going to put the puzzle together, which is what you've done. Well, I did, yeah. Putting it back in the box makes no sense to me. Then you're it's displaying terrible. the box, right. which is, yeah. okay, great. Yeah. You could Ooh. do that with the puzzle in it or out of it. Yippee, Ooh, a box. Right? Yeah. You wouldn't right. know you, the you, difference. That's the point. That's the point. If I show it in the box, yawn, it's a box, right? Right. The actual, the, the toy, the beautiful thing is in the box and you need to display it I somehow. think you okay. have to display it in some type of a frame and i think it's very possible to do it without putting the puzzle glue on it okay that see that's why i brought it to the council thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> all right i i have to explore that i didn't know that was a thing so yeah me neither Whew. 
Thank goodness. All right. I think you've solved my problem. I'll report back what I find out. Okay. <laughs> Mo, how about you? What do you got? You said you had something. You were saving yourself for the end. Yeah. Wow, man. So, um, so actually, this was inspired by John. So thank you, You're John, welcome. for inspiring me this. Because yep. you've been doing a lot of the video game-based board games. That sure. Have been oh, out yeah, on yeah. YouTube. Like Pac-Man. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so I noticed a conspicuous absence of one, my, my favorite game, which is Qbert. And so I was <laughs> okay. thinking, I was like, was there a Qbert game that was made? And I maybe remember that there was one. And so, of course, you know, I went to eBay, yep. found one. <laughs> the place where they resell us our childhood. Yeah. Yep. Paid too much money for the nostalgia and for <laughs> grasping my misspent youth. Okay. So what'd you find? I found a Qbert board Categorized game. all that when you said eBay, by the way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You didn't have you. to go yeah, into right. any more description. You just <laughs> have to right. say eBay. Just say eBay. That's all. Yeah. Everybody so, knows. No, I, so I found two things. I found a Qbert board game and a yes. card game. Yeah, of course. And so um, I'm actually going to do like a video for our channel on both of these. But let me tell you, the Qbert board game is damn clever how they did is it. it okay yeah it is it is very clever it's i kind of just played it with myself just to kind of make sure i understood the rules and you know i'm gonna get my nephew to probably play with me on this one to, to really try it out but uh-huh. it does give you like the little feel of the cubert world like you're still you're moving up and down the pyramid blocks and okay and yeah. then the other person controls coily and all that stuff trying to capture you i thought they're very clever now the card game also seems to be eh, maybe it's a little bit boring the card game i played i think we played it together once actually oh, sorry, yeah, SFG. We did, one we time. did it at uh, yep, SFGE. It's kind of like a, it's like you're laying out, you're building the pyramid almost with cards. Right. It's got the isometric thing. Yeah. And each card has points and you're trying to build the biggest, the most, yep. the highest point mm-hmm. value for your thing. But one, it was like, honestly, and I don't know, John, if you get this feeling when you find these, just looking at them, like, uh-huh. I just got that feeling like when I was like that age, your kid you got a new game and you yeah, open it, right. reading the rules and, you know, it's just, it just took of me course. back. And that was just so cool about this. There's something so cool about, that I talked about, I think the Ms. Pac-Man, but like, mm-hmm. it's so optimistic, like, hey, kids, it's the best Pac-Man you'll ever <laughs> yeah. play on the tabletop and whatever. And it, it, it was, it's a snapshot of that more innocent time or, you know, the less doom and gloom headline time when people weren't worried about, will this sound kind of fruity or whatever? It's like, no, no, which is friendly and optimistic. And that comes through on everything. Yeah. I yeah. love how you say that this is, hey, kids, this is the best tabletop version of Miss Pac Man you'll ever play. And there was an arcade tabletop cabinet. Right. Yeah, that I was know. <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing also is just like getting like paper rules, you know, and reading the, yeah, you know, in this day and age for anything and stuff, you know. I, I'm happy I bought it just for that experience of yeah. for those couple of hours of just playing with them, you know, and just enjoying them. Makes the purchase price worth it. Oh, cool. absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to see a Qbert card game and board game video coming on YouTube oh, yeah. in the future. Awesome. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, people are enjoying them, so I look forward to it. All right, cool. I like the 40s and the 50s, and I'm starting to like the 60s, and I know I like the 90s, but I don't like panty lines. That's why I wear underall. I like me in hot pink and purple and acid green and aubergine, but I don't like me in panty lines, so I wear underall. I like long looks and short looks and long, long short looks, but who looks good in panty lines? So I wear underalls, pantyhose and panties, all in one. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game segment. It is. And unlike tech and toys, Mo has nothing to talk about today. So, John, we'll start with you. What game are you playing this week? Poor Mo. It's okay. Yes. Okay. So, what am I playing? I was looking forward to a new game uh, the last episode. You remember we we're talking about super oh, ticking boxes, oh, yes. Mo. He's ticking boxes. I'm That's not just right. ticking you boxes. You always excuse but... me of that. You're ticking okay. boxes, sir. All right. I am, but it's also a great game. So I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> so super hot was this kind of first person bullet time matrixy thing where time only torture moves device, when you move. Whatever. It's a torture yeah. device. I, well, I, I exposed both of you to it. It first came out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So there was a sequel coming uh, that I picked up. It was called Super Hot Mind Control Delete. Now yes. the first game was already kind of kind of weaving a tale, like maybe you were inside of the Matrix and you're playing out these scenarios. This was initially going to be DLC for the first game. It was like in a, like a pre-release or beta or whatever for a while, and then finally it, it grew to such a huge thing that it was more than DLC. But they gave it away to anybody that had the previous game. So yeah, right. I got it for free. So yeah, me. Yeah. yeah, me too. They didn't give it away to everybody. Oh really? No, you didn't get it for free. No, I don't have it in my Steam library, and I've reloaded my library like 15 really? times. It's not huh? there. I have Super really? Hot, but I don't huh. have a separate line for Super Hot Mind Control Delete. So I'm kind of pissed off at these guys because I've now owned they that use game the same launcher. So check it out because when you launch Super Hot, I don't know that it's a separate line because when it opens, you pick which game you want to play. So oh, I think maybe they bundled them do. together. I thought yeah. they were going to be a separate game that was going to be populated in your Steam games tree. I don't know which is true, but I do have it, so we can investigate okay. that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just tell you that also that it just magically appeared on my Steam just by itself. Oh, it did on yours. Yes. Okay. All right. Maybe we just have to drop the, a service uh, ticket to Steam and get you hooked up, George. Yeah, yep. possibly. But here is what you have to look forward to, though, mm-hmm. with the uh, Mind Control Delete. So I enjoyed the first one, but it did get very samey. It was mm-hmm. you're in a room of some kind, these wireframe, like, red bad guys are coming after you, and you have to, you know, knock down their bullets with a sword, or you have to throw a gun in their face and grab their gun and shoot them with it. Though That was great, but it was just another scenario and more guys coming at you. So what they've done in Mind Control Delete is a great expansion on this. So if you like the first one, you're going to love this. Mm-hmm. If you thought it was torture, George, you might like the sequel more oh. because there's a lot more variety in it now. Yeah. Well, the torture before was I just couldn't get past like level four. I was terrible <laughs> at the game. <laughs> well, I think you might enjoy this more again for all these reasons that I'm going to delineate. So first, this is more of an adventure game. So rather than just ticking through one world and kind of achieving it without dying, you actually have hit points now. You have hearts. So you can actually sustain a certain number of oh. attacks. before you die. So it's not one and done, which is nice, right? So you Mm -hmm. get a little more little forgiveness for people like George that were dying a level. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's nice. But because this is all happening like inside of the matrix side of a computer, and it was all kind of computer driven and you're reading text files before, you pick up these what look like floppy disks, these five and a quarter disks, and they are hack programs that Mm -hmm. change the world in some fashion. Like there's one that allows you to teleport directly in front of a guy. If he's a long way from you, maybe a bullet's coming toward you, you can jump right in his face, pass the bullet and punch him right away. They have a hack where you can inhabit the body of another enemy. You jump into him. You trade places. You can then see through his eyes as you disappear. If you get hit with a bullet or something, a a spray of like throwing star shurikens come flying out of you in every direction. <laughs> there are all these neat little 
like hacks and tweaks that make you more powerful. But it's not just uh, like an RPG where you power up. In each level, you might randomly, there'll be a menu said, what do you want? Do you want to start with a random gun or do you want an extra heart? Like, what's the hack you want to try? And so it makes replaying the same levels interesting because you use different powers with each level. Yeah, I actually played it. And one thing also I noticed I really liked is they seem to have more variety of things to pick up and use. So many things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to pick up like a record, like a LP, yep. throw it at somebody and, and it sticks in them. And it sticks in them. <laughs> like a saw blade. Yeah. Like it's like the- Shaun of the Dead kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And one thing I saw that I did is like I threw a knife at one person and I was able to grab that knife again out of the body of that person before he fell and throw it at yep. somebody else. And I yep. was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> the other awesome thing. So the guys that have the scimitars come at you. So like you'll throw a box at them and they slash it down with the scimitar. You could catch the box in the air and throw it at them again. It's like you're playing ping pong with these throwables. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the mechanics of this game are really entertaining to me because I can only imagine like to the bad guys, you must look like the greatest ninja in the world. Like oh, you yeah. spin, you're, grab, throw, dodge. You're you know? like John Wick on steroids or something. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. It's just you get to do it in slow motion, which is pretty darn cool. Yeah. So yeah, Mind Control Delete, super hot expansion is great. If you got it for free, then go play it. There's no reason not to. If you didn't get it for free, like George, we got to investigate because I want you to try it. I think you're going to dig it. But even if you have to buy it, it's not super expensive either. Yeah, but that's not the point. It's supposed to be free. Everybody else got it for free, but me? Screw that. That's right. <laughs> I'm saying the people who don't have the original, I think it's like a $20 game or something like that. And you get the first one and the second one, I think now. They were yeah, if you get both. So if you yeah. don't have it, I think it's it's worth the 20 bucks. I think, to get both versions of the game. Yep. It's kind of, it's a thinking man's first person shooter. Mm-hmm. It's like guys are coming at you, but you have time to think about the bullet flying toward you, about the things in your environment. So uh, if you haven't tried it, it's worth it. If you had the old one, the new one's free. Give it a shot. So, George, how about you? As I recall, we have uh, worked our way all the way through the alphabet to the letter K on your wow, uh, almost halfway. Your, yeah, your trip through these Steam games. Yes, humble bundle Steam alphabet soup is on the letter K <laughs> as we're recording this episode, and this time K is for Kathy Rain. Mm-hmm. This is one of the strangest throwbacks that I've seen of its type. So. Set in the 90s, Kathy Rain tells the story of a strong-willed journalism major who has come to terms with her own troubled past as she investigates the mysterious death of her recently deceased grandfather. Okay. Okay. Kind of a standard, like, mystery fair. So it's a mystery... Exactly, which I love mystery kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. figuring out what happened. This game came out in May of 2016. Currently, it's priced at $14.99 on Steam. They're proud of it. Jeez. They are proud of it, and I think... (laughs) Maybe they're a bit too proud. Uh Okay. So if you guys remember the point and click adventure games that came out real heavily in the 90s, there was a Blade Runner game that you would point around and click. Oh, yeah. I love that. Like the Monkey Island kind of Maniac Mansion sort of thing. Monkey Island style stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you're just really most of the time you're running your mouse all over the screen trying to see where it highlights. Mm -hmm. That's how these games generally work. And you're trying to solve puzzles by like going and doing one thing and then that'll allow you to do another thing. And it's on a very linear track you kind of have to go and do the things in order that's exactly what this game is but the graphics are circa original monkeys island if that Ooh. makes any oh, sense like like they're the not wave. good oh like ega <laughs> well, yeah and that's one of the parts that threw me because i'm like okay if you're gonna make a modern game that's going to harken back and throw back to that old era 
I'm all fine with doing something like what Twin Cop did, right? Right. They had that 80s feel of the graphics, but they did it in a more modern, cleaned up fashion, which was beautiful. Yes. Um, Neon Ninja was another example of that. Yes. And I'm yeah. good with that. This game did not do that at all. This is very pixelated, very, and not in a good way, like broken. And like, I had wow. to check my monitor <sighs> settings several times to make sure <laughs> of what resolution okay. I was at. You have to play it in window mode if you try and play in full screen it's going to fritz out so oh, that's, that's another one good. and so i was like okay maybe the story yeah. and the voice acting will save this well the story kind of does it's an interesting little story that's developing so far i haven't completed it but okay. i probably will the voice acting is not good <laughs> oh no oh, it's, it's kind of like how people who love they keep piling up animation from japan and they're like oh no you have to watch it with the original japanese voice actors because the american voice actors suck right that's how this feels mm. it feels like it's the american voice actor version yeah like it, oh. they don't quite get the tone of the scene well uh john i think i mentioned to you offline when we were talking about it's like she's at her grandfather's funeral and she's talking to her grandmother or people around her right her voice sounds almost upbeat and i'm like you're at a funeral you should sound angry or somber, despondent right? or sad somber something right it's like no. the voice actor didn't get the motivation cue exactly. like you don't know what's going on yeah the now context. that's not all of them but that's the main character she just i don't think she's good she's just not good it's that simple mm. uh the other voice actors are not bad there's a couple of them that are very hokey but there's a few of them that sound genuine and are keeping me in the story. The other negative to this is that it's very repetitive. Mm. You say, talk to grandma. She says the same greeting every time mm. you mm. say the same thing back to her every time. And then it's just picking the list of the topics you want to talk to her about. You go to talk to the sheriff. It's the same thing. Every time you want to distract the deputy so that you can get into the files. It's the same distraction method. Every time, not even just like two or three for variety. It's just like, it's the, the same, same thing same. every mm. time. And you of That's course have to do it multiple times at different stages to of get the through game. all the trees of dialogue and yeah stuff, right yeah huh it mm. had a lot of potential i can't recommend this game at 14.99 if you find it on sale for like five bucks then it's probably worth it really you think so you know, so the way you were talking i, I thought you were gonna say like like it wasn't worth anything but at five yeah. bucks that means it's still an okay game well because so, i yeah. think of five dollars as like throwaway i'll try it money right yeah that's how i think yeah. about it for video games if a video game is worth you know if it costs me five bucks Okay, I'll give it a shot if it's something that looks interesting. So if you like mystery point and click adventure style games for five bucks, yeah, you know, you could spend an afternoon with this thing, but I wouldn't pay any more. Five than bucks that. is like a here's a tip to the creator. Keep working at it. Good job, guy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you the stats on my humble bundle purchase because I know John is always interested in my spreadsheet. I want to know where, yeah, where we're at. Yes. <laughs> so this came out of Humble Jumbo Bundle 11. I bought it in <laughs> March of 2018. I know, right? Yep. For $4.51, there are 12 items in the bundle that I purchased. So this game cost me 38 cents. <laughs> well within your tolerance for the quality within of Within my game. tolerance, yes. <laughs> I couldn't give it a rating of anything more than two tokens, though, Ooh. which is really sad. That's it's the bad. lowest one yeah. I've rated so far. But it is playable. It's just they... I don't know. It just feels like they made so many missteps that it's like, well, they did what they could do, I guess. And 
I don't know why they're keeping it at $15 on Steam. I'd automatically reduce this thing to $9.99 to try and get some right. sales out of it. Just start getting it. <laughs> but, you know, you mentioned the pixel art design style, and I've always been torn about that because on the one hand, it's neat and nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the other hand, something in the back of my head says, and I could be wrong because I'm not a software developer. I don't make games. Something in the back of my head says, that's the easy way to go because I don't have to work on high quality assets. I can get make pixel art pieces and it's a shortcut almost that comes off as a, look how hard we work to make this retro. retro really, right. it's like we just made really simple graphics so we didn't have to work so hard. Now, I could be totally off base on that. That's how it feels to me. Mm-hmm. But some games, like you rightly mentioned, George, they take that 8-bit pixely aesthetic and they ramp it up with lighting effects and all this cool stuff. And it feels retro, but modern. It sounds like you fell on the opposite side of the fence with this Kathy Rain that they went retro and just, it's just retro. They just like, it's old technology. It's not modern at all. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I don't mind so much when developers do that, as long as they take that effort that they didn't use on graphics and put Somewhere it else. into <laughs> story or the right. voice acting or right. the more direction. More dialogue, more stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I hear you. more yep. options of things happening if, if they do something like that, great. That's awesome. But sure. if they don't, then I'm going to give them a bad token rate. So yep. two tokens for 38 cents. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so we do have at least one glimmer of hope. We have another Steam key available to give away all right. yep. to oh. all of our listeners. So this nice. time we'll have the subject line be 8-bit is gone but not forgotten. All right. And the Steam key is for a very fun game, Jackbox Party oh. Pack number four. Ooh, nice. nice. Yeah. Nice. Those are great. Yep. I don't think I have that one. Wait, well, there you go. If you weren't part of the <laughs> I'm channel. Sorry, Mo. No, I'm no, sending no, an email <laughs> right now. <laughs> Employees and family of Gen X group, not eligible to win. <laughs> so send us an email at podcast at genxgrownup.com and we will be happy to send this steam key to the first person who sends us that email. I I think you'll really enjoy it. Sense. We sometimes play. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. We sometimes play the Jackbox Party Pack games mm-hmm. on our Discord channel, so you mm-hmm. might yep. even be able to join those and even host a game, you know, because anybody yeah, can host, not right. just us. So, I think it's a blast. It'll be a fun steam key. Yeah. And what was the subject line again? Uh 8-bit is gone but not forgotten. 8-bit gone but not forgotten. The podcast at genxgrownup.com. And you know what? Not all of our games we've given away have been claimed. I think people all think that they couldn't possibly be the first person to write. You might be. Some of them are unclaimed. So if you have a previous episode you wanted, give it a shot. You might win. And you might mm-hmm. win this one too. You're working harder with your cleanser. I don't think I am working harder. Comet cannot outclean my cleanser. Okay, let's test it together on a tough, greasy food right. stain. We'll count the strokes. I don't believe it. <laughs> Comet cleaned the stain better than my product. This Comet is really something. Comet puts more power behind every stroke. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.
Before we wind up the show, we always like to take just a few minutes here toward the end to talk about what we're looking forward to, things that will become coming out or released or available between now and the next time we get together for the show. And I want to start with you, Mo. This time, what are you looking okay. forward to? So in trying to find a, you know, something to look forward to <laughs> in this day of like <laughs> limited media, yeah, I yeah. started doing some research and I actually, I ran across this show that's going to be on Quibi. Is that how you pronounce oh, it? Yeah. Do you know that yeah. channel? Well, it's sort of a channel. It's like a service. It's like the little bite size, like five minute videos or something. It's kind of short form stuff. But it's called Don't Look Deeper and it's going to be out mm-hmm. July 27th and it stars Don Cheadle. So okay, yeah. there's a little pedigree to it, right? And it actually, I started looking, looked at the trailer and it actually looks super interesting. It's like a girl in high school and things are a little weird. You get the impression and she starts to think that she is not human. Okay. Because of the way yeah. things are going around her and maybe things are like constructed around her. Things aren't real, that kind of thing. And it kind like, of- Like superpowers not human or- No, no, more like, 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 like maybe she's not living, like she's an android or AI or something like that and doesn't realize oh, it. Oh, like she's art. Okay, gotcha. All right, all right. Okay, maybe. And you know, this just questioning her whole environment around her and all that stuff. And so looking at it, the trailer doesn't give a whole lot away, but it, it was very intriguing to see where the story is going to go. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to put this on my list to grab because it, it the trailer was enough to make me wonder what the hell is going on. Don't look deeper. Don't look deeper. On the 27th is when it's going to drop. All right, cool. I am looking forward to, and we talked before the show that yeah. it was the obvious thing for me to look forward to. <laughs> this is the first animated Star Trek since the animated original series. <laughs> Star Trek Lower Decks comes out next week on CBS All Access, August 6th. One of our favorite uh, episodes of The Next Generation was called The Lower Decks, which actually highlighted like the not stars of the show. It's not the captain or the engineer or the first officer. Like the janitor. It's the guy that services the replicator. You know, it's the janitor. It's uh, engineer number seven who's back there tightening stem bolts. You know, it's whatever. <laughs> it's all these other people. And so Star Trek Lower Decks, it comes from some of the creators of Rick and Morty, but it doesn't look like Rick and Morty, although the trailer had some gross out stuff in it. So I guess Rick and Morty fans will have something to enjoy in it. But all of the new stuff coming out of the Star Trek fan- franchise has been cool, in my opinion. I've enjoyed Picard. I've enjoyed Discovery. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Lower Decks. They're trying to walk a line between very reverent to Star Trek, but still being uh, like humorous. It's a comedy. So I'm really intrigued. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to something a little lighter, yeah. honestly, in this year. Yeah, because everything wrong with is that. super heavy. I mean, I love it all. I do, yeah. but it's yeah. all super heavy. So having a, a nice light comedy view on it, I think it's going to be really cool. Well, the fact that we all love the Orville tells us that there is yeah. room to have great science fiction and something and some levity, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a potential there. Now, this might be closer to the, the jokey part, but there's definitely room in Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek Lower Decks, August 6th on CBS All Access. I am going to be there. George, how about you? What are you looking forward to, man? All I got to say is two words. Muppets now. And now Sold. John's ears pick up. When, right? when, yes. When? yes. <laughs> it's a puppet show. It's a yes. puppet show for John. <laughs> Muppets now is those famous Muppets that we grew up with when we were kids. Do, 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 I'll do, give do, you just do. the brief description. They're doing another series? They are. They're doing a whole new series. Oh, I didn't it's going to be on Disney Plus starting cool. July 31st. This premise is Muppets now will be an unscripted series featuring really? three different segments of a game show, a cooking show, and a talk show. What? Bork, so that's bork, what bork, each episode is going to be. It's got to be the chef. <laughs> Please be the chef. They're going to have celebrities on each one of the segments, but the trailer, it's Kermit and the Muppet lawyer, who's also a Muppet, and he's like, nope, you can't talk about that. Nope, you can't talk about that. And Kermit's getting more and more pissed off as they go along. 
So I, you know, as soon as I saw that, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get to put lower decks as the thing I'm looking forward to. So I just went in and typed it in for John and I said, I got to find something else. And this popped up. It's July 31st. Great. Disney Plus, which I already have as a streaming service. So that makes it just the more easy to access it. Yep. They do have a Wikipedia page that is listing some of the celebrity guests and some of the performers on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can go look at that if you want to look at spoilers, if you like, but I'm not going to mention any of them here because I think it's going to be a unique spin on the old Muppet show, which was scripted, but was so much fun. But was Mm -hmm. a variety show as well. Right, Right, exactly. I think this is going to be fun. I don't know how many episodes there are going to be. I don't know how long it's going to last, but it looks like it's going to be a blast. Yeah. So first, I was so excited by the very, very short run Fraggle uh, Rock thing they mm-hmm. did on Disney Plus not long yep. ago. That was neat. It was very, very tiny, bite-sized things, but it was cool. And I was so crestfallen when that the last Muppet series, or I think was just called Muppets on ABC, I think. Yeah, yeah that, that died. died. I was saddened yeah. by that. But oh, I'm ready for some new Muppets. That's great news, George. You just made yeah. my day. I didn't know that <laughs> was even coming. Yep. You there said you go. puppets and he's happy. I'm, I'm there. Puppets. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate chip. That's because now Duncan Hines chocolate chip cookies have more chocolate. They're new. Crispy, chewy, chocolatey, chewy. Now new Duncan Hines are chocolatey, chewy. Duncan Hines are better than ever with 40% more chocolate in every bag. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy, plus you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That is going to wind it up for episode 77 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Before we leave, it is my distinguished pleasure to express our gratitude to the patrons who support us financially over on Patreon.com, literally putting money in the bank and gas in the tanks for us to do what we do here on the podcast over on YouTube and on our website. And I'm talking about each and every one of you... T2, Chad, Arla, Matt, Jason, Adam, Jonathan H, David, Shelby, Slowmo, Thomas, Travis, Chet, Agile, Levi's, Dubaka, Greg Z, Dana, Mark, Stian, Blasted or Stash it, Tom J, Greg L, Marcus, Ben, Tony, Dan, Davis, Lee, Mike C, and Stu Monkey. <gasps> oh, what breath. Oh my God. I'm lightheaded. Oh my God. More than 30 of you now. So, so great. Kenny G would be proud of you, sir. <laughs> I must not. I, I don't think I've contracted COVID because I got a big, big breath of air. So I think I'm okay. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> George, if someone has not yet signed up for Patreon and they would like to support us, would you please tell the fourth listeners how they can go about doing so? Well, why not? 
I think all they need to do is go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. You click a few buttons, you log in, you submit $1 to us. That means you love us and we love you. $2 means we love each other doubly as much. $3 starts to get you into some of that behind the scenes stuff that you hear everybody talking about on the interwebs and all the Twitter. Everybody, everybody. It's viral. (laughs) They can't wait to see what we do next. (laughs) We've even got some levels up there for Patreon status that get you swag. And then there's even this new influencer level that's been created that some, you know, Mm -hmm. a couple of our patrons loved us so much and we really, really appreciate Mm. what they did for us. They demanded a higher level of support. (laughs) And we delivered. We did. That's right. We can do that. (laughs) And they have even gotten some extra access to influence the way that we create content here at Gen X Grown Up. So I think that is a brilliant thing that is developed through the wishes of our patrons. So, yep, we heard what they had to say. We love you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Absolutely. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon and you too can be a member of the Gen X Grown Up universe. Awesome. Thank you, George. That is going to wind it up for this episode of the show. We'll be back in two weeks with a regular show, but next week is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Mo, tell the fourth listeners what's coming up next week. Oh, it's going to be a battle royale. Let me tell you, it's the Star Trek debates, which we're going to hit some of the hotbed issues that Star Trek nerds all over love to fight about. And we're going to let John and George duke it out and see who comes out on top. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I'm Why so are you nervous? nervous? We're just going to be arguing about stuff we've been doing for 40 years now. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I don't do debate. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but you should not be nervous. You should definitely catch that one. That'll be next week on the backtrack. That's going to wind it up for us until then i am john george thank you for being here yes sir mo you know i appreciate you oh man always fun and fourth listeners we all appreciate you most of all and we will talk to you next time bye-bye see you guys take care everybody Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Sounds vaguely dirty when you say let's head into the body of the show. <laughs> let's lube it up and strap it on. <laughs> Would that be better? Is that, is that better or worse? Uh, I'd say worse. Okay. Uh oh. Let me turn down my volume. (laughs) Uh, You turn down your volume, turn up your intelligence at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Same knob, sorry. (laughs) He said knobs. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.